<laughs> Never mind. No, no. I want you to talk crazy, Joel. Uh-huh. Talk, talk insane. I would take it to whatever type of place you want to. Thought about that, and then I looked at the top left corner of my screen, and I thought, oh, maybe it's a trap. Admiral <laughs> Akbar would say it's a it trap. It might be a trap. Yeah. Yes. All right. Welcome to Practice with Shooting After Dark. We're here to talk about shooting. Uh, on deck tonight, uh, we have Joel Park. Hello. And uh, Professor Kim. Hi. My yeah, Korean brother. Everybody comes here with a topic, something to talk about. Um, uh, you know what, Mr. Kim, why don't you go first? Yes. I wanted to share something with everybody, kind of shooting related. Um, so now mil- all the millennials have really bad postures. Uh, I think many people will agree due to computer generation, smartphone generation. Uh, this is something that I did uh, bo- both through my physical therapist and personally in my daily life to actually fix the posture. And it really helped uh, in terms of shooting as well. Uh, so first, I had motorcycle accident and all. So I had really bad uh, the curvature of my spine too. So my natural posture before was my shoulders struck kind of up and forward which tensed up a lot of the traps and lock up my neck a little bit. And then as I was practicing the target transition, having my vision target target, uh, especially wide transition when we have to turn our head, uh, it was kind of first, it was straining my muscle because I had uh, not big mobility uh, in terms of how far I can turn my head. That was one thing. And also that trap tension was really slowing down my head movement too in a wider transition. So uh, my physical therapist had me go over a couple exercises. One of them was just standing against the wall to keep my shoulder more of a neutral place and fixing that issue. So I was actually trying to apply that into shooting and in my regular life, uh, especially when I'm looking at my phone or doing computer uh, I was making sure my shoulders are not shrugged up and forward, especially when I was like eating too. Like I have my elbow on the table and then shrug my shoulder all the way up, tensing my traps, having tight muscles in the general area. And I think uh, a lot of the people during this time, especially when there's no ammo, uh, using your ha- uh, changing your daily life habit, it actually can help you shooting better too, uh, relaxing and gaining more mobility. Uh, so that was one example. And another one is like I had flat footed very badly too growing up and having that ankle more straight up and having having a better ankle support, ankle stability. Those things really changed me. And I think this time where you may not even want to pick up guns because you don't have ammo. Some people, I think pretty sure some people have that issue. Uh, it doesn't yes. have to be. Yes. You don't necessarily have to have a gun in your hand to train something to aid your shooting. So I would say, like, try with the posture first. And having a good posture and having the shoulder more neutral, relaxed position rather than shrugging up. And they they can bring out a lot of the good things. Target transition maybe perhaps being more precise because your shoulder is more relaxed position, neutral position, and being able to turn your head more freely. Uh, I would suggest people to start thinking of like what I can do in my daily life in small downtimes. In small downtimes, you can just check your spot, posture or maybe you can do that wrist locking exercise to have uh, wrist locking sensation more um, familiar and firing hand tension more relaxed. 
So if you have a lot of the tension in your body or wrong posture, they can definitely affect shooting. So I would recommend people using small times here and there to fix those uh, body structure things too. Well, it's very sensible advice as always, Mr. Kim. Thank you. How long have you been working on this? Did you say uh, actually, I started look, uh, visiting chiropractor twice a week, 2014. But 2017 is when I actually met a good physical therapist. Before it was more of a chiropractor trying to fix my body. But actual uh, exercises were uh, developed from 2017. So before I still had the bad posture, but I would go to chiropractor to just make my body pop, the bones pop, rather than actually fixing the core problem by exercising. Man, you've been a mess for a long time. Very long time. I had over over a dozen motorcycle accidents. Uh, yeah, growing up in Asia, riding motorcycle is yeah straight gateway to heaven or hell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. Kim, to put you on the spot a little bit, I remember hearing in an interview something like you were researching even how to run correctly. Is that right? My oh, yes. Correctly? That's one yeah. thing, too. Yes. So that's pretty, pretty incredible, like how far you've came. Thank we you. call him the professor, man. That is why we call him the professor. He's always paying attention, uh, you know, always learning stuff. Yeah. Well, you want me to go now, guys? Yes, please. That sounds good. Uh, well, I think this might... Maybe you guys are in a similar boat. I got to start shooting live fire this week. Mm. Isn't that amazing? That is excellent. Yes. Tell me more. Well, it's actually it's actually early in the year for this, to be honest. Typically, it's mid-April when I can start shooting outdoors, and it is uh, it's nice. So I've gone, I don't know, five months probably without getting to train properly, um, and that that happens every year, and it's very nice to get out and uh, and shoot again. So I got to do all those uh, fun drills uh, that you would do if you're learning to get acclimated to recoil again. Mm -hmm. Sure, you guys know what I'm talking about. Tell me more. So, uh, like gun handling, yeah. like standard exercises, uh, marksmanship uh, fundamentals. Not even not even uh, standard exercises. Do we have another guy joining us? Jason yeah. Bradley's oh, here. Good looking, bro. We're already hey, recording, up, Jason, so try to keep your, uh, you know, whatever things you were going to say. Transphobia, I would assume. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever crazy shit you're going to say, just keep it on the down low. Yeah. Uh, Jason, we're talking about Ben started live firing, and uh, now I'm grilling him about what he's doing to get, you know, like acclimated to the gun going. All these controlled explosions in the front of his face, basically. Joel, I'm actually glad that you, you mentioned that. So... Gun handling, so it's still cold outside, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not really acclimated to shooting a whole lot. So I, I think for this phase of my training, it's not that helpful to do like four aces or fast gun handling exercises because I'm never, I'm like right now, I'm not going to get the times I want. I'm just mm -hmm. not. So I don't do those drills. I do things more like shooting build drills, shooting doubles. Um, like the things where you get used to just tracking, tracking the gun and returning it in recoil and, and get used to shooting it aggressively again. I think that's far more productive. And I should say, got some footage and there will be a video coming to training group for those members about uh, this sort of training. I like but that. I just, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you, did you care about the timer at all, Ben? Or was it just no, like, do it, it was just like, do it correctly? It's, it's, um, 
uh, the timer's there as a reference to make sure that I'm shooting, you know, properly fast. So like a seven yard build drill, like we, we know what those times should look like. And, you know, the timer is a useful tool to make sure that you're, you're shooting fast. But yeah, it's good. It's every year I go five, six months without getting to train and it uh, kind of sucks. And then this part of the year, I'm never where I should be, that sort of thing. As a side note, it makes me really happy that uh, I don't have to worry about production nationals because if I was fucking around trying to get a flashlight attached to my gun and get a new holster in the middle of all this, I would be really pissed. That's just an aside. Uh, that makes sense. It was 50s here today and it rained most of the day, so it's excellent shooting weather here too. <laughs> well, it was it was 50 when I was out shooting. Oh. I can deal with 50. That's fine. I agree. Anyway, enough for me me yammering. Um, Joel, why don't you hit your topic, and then uh, Jason can be our last guy. Okay. Uh, my topic, I want to talk about the Shooter Summit for Training Group. So it's a, it's an event we hold. Well, this will be the second. I say an event we hold every year. This will be the second year we're doing it. Uh, it's, uh, not, we're not sure it'll happen next year, right? I hope so. I mean, uh, come on. It's basically no money. It's not for profit. So it's 250 bucks, which I guess for three days, which isn't nothing. But basically, it's just to cover the range fees, targets, pasters, just the supplies. We'll feed everybody food one night. But basically, like, I'm not paying the instructors like Mr. Kim, Ben, uh, Jason's going to be an instructor this year. Like, we're not paying those guys what they're worth, honestly. They're donating their time. It's a sharing of information. Um so we'll have, I think I've got 11 guys right now. 11 uh, instructors? As instructors, yeah. So like a quick list, Ben, Kim, me, uh, Matt Hopkins, Andreas Yankopoulos, Steve Newell, Mr. Jason, John Anderson, Lane Grease, uh, Mason Lane, and Rob oh, Fafania. Yeah, there. Mason's coming. So anyway, a bunch of heavy hitters. Uh, it'll be three days of, there'll be uh, instructor size or bite-sized instructor blocks. So two-hour blocks where you can sign up for a class with Mason, Ben, Jason, you know, whoever, Mr. Kim, whoever. Um, you'll have downtime, so we'll have drills set up. Uh, the drills change every day, so you could just kind of roam around and make your own fun, and there'll be practice stages set up. So, you know, if you want to shoot a bunch of ammo, you can. If not, there'll be classes that are, you know, dry training, how to dry fire. Um, what am I missing? So anyway, it's just like, it's a it's a fun opportunity to meet you know, like train with some top guys, meet, you know, other people if you're a training group member. And uh, it, one thing I think uh, last year, um, the participants really liked just talking to the shooters, the instructors. So I had a lot of questions that people wanted to ask me personally. And uh, actually, uh, there were a couple people who wanted to work on one of one of my drill, like measurement drill, mm -hmm. so we can go to a bay and just work a measurement drill together uh, that was a really great time too i'm glad you brought that up because we're gonna do uh like basically a question and answer block this year so like we put professor kim on a bay in the shade and yeah you just roll over like hey i don't really understand this drill what's this confirmation thing i don't understand and you could you know pick these guys brain about you know shooting training stuff you're working on whatever You've been working on this for a while rachel yeah it's pretty awesome i like it i think it's fun yeah hmm. Well, maybe not organizing is so much fun, but I want, attending. I want to do the measurement drill with Wansick. Yes. For sure. And, I want to come too. <laughs> and well, I yeah. don't know if this matters to people, but 
uh, we've heard some sponsor uh, involving this year too. Yes, go ahead. So yeah, uh, I have I have two sponsors. Uh, they personally sponsor me to Walter and KCI. They also stepped in to uh, send us some stuff. So I think everybody will get something uh, out too. Yeah, which would be awesome. But like I said, it's it's basically a not for profit sharing them, you know, just information and uh it's exclusive only to training group members. So Yeah, you have to be a member to register for this. And we don't have that many people coming. Right now it's I mean, it's fairly low numbers. So Yeah, the ammo shortage is a real thing. It is. That's a real problem. But for the people going, uh they'll get even more time with uh, you know, national champions or future national champions. So don't put this I, pressure on Jason. I want I do to let, let people know that if you have ammo issue, you can definitely do a lot of dry training as well. So if you think, oh, I don't have 3,000 rounds ammo or 2,000 rounds, uh, I think average last time people end up shooting close to 1,000 rounds when they participate the practice bay. Uh, I, I think if you are not participating on the practice bay in live fire, uh, I think you can just bring uh, whatever you have and do a lot of the training uh, as a dry fire too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we've been, uh, well, we talked about this. Uh, Joel and I did that in, uh, in class. We did a lot of uh, dry fire repetition. Yeah. And, just uh, that was good. Well, we can have to go. Yeah. And people um, learned a lot by making them, as I say, standing around a perfectly good shooting range running around with an unloaded gun, you can still learn a lot. So, Yeah, if you're uh, a member, even if you don't have a lot of ammunition, uh, you're going to get to go and watch a lot of people shoot and ask questions for not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. It's well worth it. So, Yeah. Um, I mean, our, I, right now, the, the numbers are a tiny percentage of the membership. Tiny mm -hmm. right now, which is sad. It should be. It would be cool if it was more, but... Uh, what can we do? I'm sure more people sign up, and if not, that's uh, more fun for us. It yeah, is. I'm gonna have fun. Yes. All right. Well, Mr. Jason, what you got on tap? Um, I don't know what y'all talked about before I jumped on, but um, I've been testing out the weapon mounted light. Oh baby! Yeah, well, I'm so I'm so curious to hear about you. I mean, I'm, I have a pretty good idea what the findings will be, but I bet you do. Um. I've tried it a couple times in practice. I even got a holster made for it. Um, I do not see myself running a light. Tell us more. Even so, with a polymer gun. Even with a polymer gun. Um, I can tell a slight difference. And, um, you know, any, this is subject to change. But any difference that it does um, make, I'm more worried about a problem with the light later on. So... I'm more worried about the light flying off. I'm, I, I've never ran a light. I have a light on like my home defense guns, but those don't get shot. Let's be real. Well, so, hold on, hold on. I just want to like work through the logic here. You're concerned about the light falling off your competition gun, right? No, or whatever. No, 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 failing or breaking in some way. More like failing. If there's going to be a problem, I'm more worried about it failing. And I don't perceive that it offers enough benefit to but add you put one on more thing. Defense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, Ben. <laughs> It doesn't have to make sense, man. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, so I honestly don't think it makes that big of a difference. Um, I can tell a slight difference, and maybe that's just me, everybody else. And on the gun I'm shooting, uh, maybe that's just me, but I'm not going to run one. 
Uh, I've got questions. Yep. Jason, we haven't talked about this yet. Tell me about target transitions. You're basically hanging a weight off the end of your muzzle. I mean, let's be real. Is it tougher to like, like with a gun you're very tuned up with? Are target transitions different or did you notice a difference? Well, I jumped in and I heard Ben's thing. Um, I too have just started live firing. I've not done accelerator or El Prez. I basically just went out and done some doubles. And so it made me feel good to hear Ben say those things because it makes me think, hey, I'm not a complete idiot that I'm trying to go out there and set uh, personal records on drills after um, taking five months off. So I don't have an answer for that question. But I know what logic tells me is you add extra weight on the gun, it's going to change the way everything moves around. That was my gut feeling, yeah. I, I, I did try <laughs> as well. But right, now, right now, I'm uh, not going to... Do you say it makes a big difference, Kim, or no? First, no. Uh, in terms of weight... Though, uh, when I shoot carry optic setup, which means 23 rounds uh, in a breast magwell uh, or breast uh, base pad, the weight difference didn't feel like a front heavy. But when I shot 10 rounds with a shorty mag, factory magazine, it definitely felt like it wants to go forward, like forward heavy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't quite like it. Uh, but when I actually shot, not thinking about the weight difference, just focusing on the vision part and having the sight there. Uh, there was very negligible difference in terms of target transition, in my opinion. Uh, when I shot iron sight with the flashlight, I just didn't see any difference. The sight track's about the same. But with the red dot, the sight was a little bit cleaner feel. Um, that was the only difference. But the group size I shoot, split time I shoot, everything was just pretty much the same. Yeah. And, well, and that's I, where I was at. So I think I'm it's, sure, it's like, I'm going to run Are you it. glad that this is inserted into your competition season, Jason, that you get to test flashlights now? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the answer is, well, you don't have to run it, but it's like, no, I have to try no, it. The, no, you, no, no. Like the actual answer is, yes, you have to try it because it is a competition and you want your equipment to be optimized. And uh, the the people... Uh, of course, making the rules don't think that way or understand that or give a fuck. Uh, take your pick. Wait, I don't know. Sorry, not not to turn this into one of my one of my crazy rants. Just uh, you know, that never happened. I, I'm in a good mood, man. It might. <laughs> I'm ready to start throwing bombs. Uh huh. But I will restrain myself. All right. Um, On that note, I bet you have a listener question for us. I, Believe it or not, I do. And it's a good one. Good day, Ben and friends. And I should say this guy has a .com.au email address. So you know what that means. He's Australian. So he gets to say good day. He says, I have started to get serious about dry fire. And I do about 30 minutes to an hour a day. Done in about two to three blocks. As a matter of interest, do you guys work on just one drill with variations per session? Or do you work on a few different drills during each session? What gets you the best bang for your time investment? And I, I would bet we're all going to have a similar answer on this. But uh, who wants who wants to take it? Well, Kim will just knock it out of the park, and we'll have nothing left <laughs> so to not, say. So we should put Jason up first. Slacker, so you get to go. Uh, so I would say quickly, without knowing anything else about the guy, uh, if you're new, I would maybe limit what you practice. Uh, do one maybe thing. Um, an hour long is a long time to be practicing nothing but draws. But this guy's asking what gets you the best bang for your buck. 
I, I like to practice two to three things. And how for how long? Um, you, I don't really put a timer on it until I feel like I've really got it down or gave it a good go or whatever you want to say until I feel just satisfied that I'm, I did it well. All right. Well, that's, that's good. What about you, Joel? Uh, I would say I will dry fire as long as my hands will take it, uh, which normal dry fire sessions, maybe 20 minutes, probably drills? like you said, three to drill, three drills or so, uh, probably five to 10 minutes a piece, depending um, and it kind of depends on what I want to work on in my live fire. So, or what I'm kind of like currently focused on in training. So I would say bang for buck. Uh, of course, there's going to be things that just kind of always work into the rotation, but maybe right now I'm really working hard on vision skills and not getting sucked on the front site. So I'll do drills that work on that skill. Go ahead. Ben, well, I've got, I'll say this. I mean, I think, I think what, what we're going to, end up with is you work on one thing for five or 10 minutes ish and then you work on another thing mm -hmm. and then you do a few things i bet the number of things that you do will end up being three or four yep you know what i mean that could, i think that's just how people end up doing it once they get it pretty experienced because you're going to mm -hmm. get bored if you do the same thing for half an hour and you can't do 10 things that's too much shit it ends up being like five ish minutes 10 minutes maybe a thing depending on what it is until you get bored and want to move on yeah. And don't, I mean, maybe some other people are like stronger than me or whatever, but dry firing for an hour, I don't understand. So at the end, my hands are like shredded from the gun. They're so tired. Like I'm not gripping the gun like I would if I was firing live ammo. So it's just really not productive at, you know, that point. So I get to the point where my hands have had enough or I feel like I'm like starting to get sore, tender, ripped up. I can't grip the gun hard anymore. That's time to call it. Mr. Kim, what do you think? Well, you probably uh, do like two, three hours a day. Or something not at the moment okay yeah i used to do many hours usually one hour in the morning one hour in the evening type of a thing uh right now i do more of a 30 minutes to maximum of one hour per day but i categorize it into two groups so non-compromisable is one thing i work on i, I call it non-compromisable and then the other one is compromisable what i mean by that is, so first, non-compromisable is something that I prioritize. So if I only have 10 to 15 minutes, I can dry fire for like, uh, even before a match too, I don't want to spend too much time. Then that first 10 to 15 minutes, I call that non-compromisable, where it's focusing more on hand-eye coordination, meaning uh, how fast you need to move your vision target to target or exactly where do you need to look at it. The focal depth change part, if, it, if I'm shooting iron sight, whether I'm shooting target focus uh, or side focus, something like that, the vision part, and also hand just following where I'm looking at. So mainly it's the presentation part where it could be after draw or reload or after position entry when you break your grip and re-grip, present it to the target. Uh, that's one sector and target transition sector. Those two are the big main components. Uh, and then after that 10 to 15 minutes, it's now compromisable ones, meaning I can compromise what I want, what I can work on that day. I usually have a topic for either the whole week or it could be a whole year. Actually, I usually have yearly goal in technique. So if, uh, for example, last year was more of a tracking component, position entry, track the A zone as I'm entering kind of thing. So in the compromisable sessions, I would usually do two sections. It could be one, but if I do only one, it's always the yearly goal. 
and then after time left over, do another 15 minutes of something else. For example, it could be something I'm weak at, or it could be something that I want to push in the shooting and the move could be. So those are those get changed. But that non-compromisable section where I'm just focusing on hand-eye coordination, moving the gun precisely target target, confirming the right amount vision thing, that never changes. So that's all year, many, many years, never change. Damn. Okay, so uh, your attitude science. is a little different than ours. God damn. <laughs> so complicated, man. You think about stuff a lot. I am not smart enough yeah, to hurt He is tools. always thinking about shooting. That's why we call him a professor. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. true. I think about shooting a lot. <laughs> Does anybody have anything to add to me this? No? All right. Well, in that case, it is time for us to end. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, go to bensteger.com. Send me your questions. We'd, uh, we'd love to uh, chat about it. There we go. Let's go.